Hello everyone, this is the Audience Explorer, a podcast for you as a founder or creator who wants to develop an audience for your product or service. I'm Matthias Bohlen. Welcome everyone to the new episode of the Audience Explorer podcast. I'm so happy to have Paulina Sayes here. Hello, Paulina. Hi, Matthias. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, great. Thank you. Hope you too. Um, Paulina is a founder from Thailand and um, I'm meeting with her today um, to have a coaching call, a coaching call about getting a clear understanding of your audience, in that case, Paulina's audience. And uh, we will do that by exchanging some, some questions and answers. And let's see where this will take us. Paulina, first of all, so nice to meet you. Thank you for coming. Yes, nice to meet you too. I'm excited to be here. Um, give us a little background first, so a little bit about yourself and your backstory. How did all this get started and what, what do you do today? Okay, so first, um, some of my professional backstory. So I started working as a corporate finance analyst at a bank mm -hmm. first and then at a consulting firm in Chile. That's where mm -hmm. I'm from. And then i moved to a tech startup to work in the commercial area and there i did like a variety of tasks i was in charge of the business intelligence initiatives doing all the revenue reports budget forecasting and then also i supported the sales manager leading the sales meeting help the sales force with sales enabling enablement initiatives also, I did work with the CRM and also did my fair share of strategic tasks, like, for example, creating a go-to-market strategy, business cases uh -huh. for new ventures. So I even had to give some presentations to a couple of prospects and partners. So I did a little bit of everything there and Maybe people that have worked on startups <laughs> might have been, uh, might be familiar with this. And so last year I got fired at the end of last year and I decided to start traveling. So I'm in Thailand right now. Mm, wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the other side of the world for me. <laughs> <laughs> So I took about six months just to relax and get to know new places and new people, you know? Yeah, sure. But then uh, I started to work part-time as a freelancer at the usual platforms. So now I'm writing content, uh, writing mm -hmm. articles, guides, ebooks, learning materials, white papers, all, and also doing some consulting work for companies in the financial industry. And oh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's well, well, I decided to work in this mainly because uh, I have a background in finance. Mm -hmm. And also I did some research and found that financial companies invested a lot of money into marketing and content creation. So and there, there was a fit there. 
So mm -hmm. I decided to take on that. And, but the truth is I've always wanted to start something on my own. So I've always uh, been working on things uh, by my own. So a few years ago, I enrolled in the 30 by 500 course by Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman. Ah, I uh, recently saw a video by Amy Hoy, very impressive. Yeah, it's really good. She's very knowledgeable. So, but back then I didn't have enough time to work on that. My work was consuming most of my time mm -hmm. and I got home super tired and, you know, so now I have a lot of much, much more free time. So I decided to give entrepreneurship another shot. So for the last year, I've been researching audiences, which I enjoy doing a lot and even managed to launch a couple of uh, consumer products like info products too. But mm -hmm. recently I decided to go full uh, B2B. Like I, I already was working as a freelancer for other businesses, but I wanted to get out of the freelancer pathway so i decided to be more active on twitter so mm -hmm. i decided to create more content and i took a 40 i challenge where i am writing a thread every day for here till the end of the year so there's 45 threads in total this motivated by another Twitter, he's Bernie. So thanks, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been focused on creating threads, mainly focused on how founders can sell more to businesses. So that's uh -huh. what I'm doing right now. I'm researching like that audience in particular. I've already been doing like small launches. Uh, but now I'm, I'm focused, like I'm fully focused on exploring this audience. Okay. That sounds, uh, at first, this sounds like a very broad audience founder, founders who want to, uh, sell to businesses. Could this be anything, any product or service that they want to sell? Actually, yes, but I'm been focusing more lately on software as a service uh, founders. Okay. So tech founders mainly. Okay, so this is a little uh, narrowed down now. You're you're focusing on SaaS founders. Yeah. Yeah, SaaS founders like me. I'm solo founder of, of a SaaS too. So yeah, these tech people. Um, Okay. Um, and the people you're trying to help, what, what do you think? Um, what, what's their environment is, are they a solo or do they have a small team or are they already half a business like, like 20 people or so? What, what do you think uh, is the environment of those people you're trying to help? Well, uh, the main people I'm focusing right now is people that have already started. Mm -hmm. have already started selling to businesses but decided they want to get more so usually they get like at least a team of um, salespeople and their charge mm -hmm. so 
they are trying to get more businesses to work with them and to sell more to businesses. So there is not like this founder that is just start, starting and just struggling to um, think about how he can he start selling to businesses, but they're a little more advanced, but ah, okay. they're not this huge enterprise like corporations yeah. or startups that are selling to i don't know like the big names you know yeah yeah ah okay so they are already on the way it's not not that they are sitting there and thinking oh where do i get do i get my customers from so the the early phase but a little later where they already have sales people um so um can you tell us an example of of a founder trying to sell to to a business how would they do that what what are the steps required so as they already started selling to businesses they are trying to like optimize the process like at the beginning they are just starting starting to learn mostly mm -hmm. how to sell to businesses what uh and they started hiring and they are past like that stage and now they are uh seeking to optimize their sales processes so now they are seeking for ways on how to on to validate the process like the parts different parts of the selling process mm -hmm. make adjustments uh always looking for how they can or when should they hire more people to grow like looking at that equilibrium between getting more sales from businesses and hiring new people to or investing more in the business to make it grow so that's what they will be doing with sales right now. And also they have already leveraged the network because every founder I've found that at the beginning, they uh, tap on, the, on their network. Like mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. start talking with people that they know that are in their professional networks or friends or colleagues or people from their community. And now they're seeking more ways on how they can scale this network effects and reach out to more people in also in like a kind of organic way and also uh, partly with like outreach with paid, for example, initiatives or activities. Mm -hmm. So they start out uh, using their networks, as you say, they, they start with the people they know they have. Uh, do they have sales calls with them? Do, or what do you think is the other main channels that they're using when, when you look at the desk of such a someone who who's trying to sell what which, which channels would he use or she use? So actually founders like that's the that's the interesting part about um, looking at these companies because founders at this stage they usually don't sell directly anymore like usually founders like they should do their first sales by themselves like mm -hmm. i heard a podcast about someone talking that 
the first 50 sales calls, they have to, it has to be done by the founders. Mm -hmm. But after that, it has to be delegated to someone else, for example, a sales representative. Mm -hmm. So usually they're not doing sales calls, but they are trying to position themselves as an authority. Mm -hmm. And in different networks, usually there's now I'm moving in LinkedIn and Twitter. So yeah. I've seen a lot of founders like creating a lot of content and uh, engaging with their audience. For example, the founder of ProfitWell does this really good. Like he uh, produces a lot of content through Twitter and also through LinkedIn. And also he shares a lot of the content that the company itself creates, but he also creates himself a lot of the content. So what I'm seeing here in this stage is they positioning themselves by creating content for their industries. Ah, yeah. So they switch, they, they slowly switch from uh, sales calls where they have learnings. Um, I think the main uh, topic why or the main reason why uh, you should um, do your first sales calls by yourself is, is because of learning. Um, yes. you, you talk to people, exactly. you, you learn what they need, what they think about, what, what's their, uh, their way of thinking, where the point, point, pain points are and so on. So that after a while, uh, I think if you don't learn anything anymore, let's say after the 30th or 40th call, you, you will have a good understanding. Um, so yeah, that's a point. They proceed to content marketing positioning as authority. Okay. Um, where do you know all this from? Did you meet someone from, from your space, let's say from, from your audience? Did you have a, have a call with them or have a research session about that? Or how did you get this knowledge right now? Usually through communities, like I engage with them through, mainly through Twitter. Uh -huh. Like I DM them, I send them direct messages or um, some Discord servers and also at Reddit. Mm -hmm. So usually I haven't had yet um, a customer call to like a research call or a discovery call with them, with any of them. Mm -hmm just uh, just through uh, messages mainly and okay. also i find them also in these communities i'm in ah so discord channels uh, communities in general uh, yeah and twitter twitter too. yeah linkedin would be great i think because it's more the business world uh the, the b2b world um they are very, very present there yeah yes Yes, although they also hang out on Reddit too, mm -hmm. like especially SaaS founders, they have still contact with, they mostly they have a background in tech. Mm -hmm. So they usually hang out also in this, like in these forums, like the Hacker News, the White Combinator yeah. community. Or for example, there's a subreddit that's called SAS too. Like they hang out there at startups. Uh, so usually I try to ask a lot of questions there. 
and also send them private messages there. So that has been my research so far. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the, um, when we look at the desk of such um, such a person, um, what kind of tools, for example, would they be using? I ask because um, then it sometimes makes sense to f to find out who is the follower of those tools, for example, to find more of those people. What are some typical tools they are using in, in the sales process? So in the sales process, as they're not involved directly in the sales process, they may have, for example, whenever you have sales, you usually they usually set up a CRM mm -hmm. in the to beginning. The customers. Yeah, customer relationship software and to manage mostly their salespeople. But they're, as they are not related, directly related to sales, they usually use more productivity tools I've seen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For example, they focus a lot on communication tools like Slack, for example, Slack mm -hmm. mainly, that's the main thing they use. And also some email software like Superhuman and Gmail also like they have this Gmail plugins mm -hmm. and also some scheduling software like Calendly I've seen, or also they use a lot of Notion too. So mainly like productivity tools. And, but if I go and see what they, the other people use, like the people that are involved in sales, they use more like this type of, for example, CRMs like Salesforce or HubSpot mainly. Mm -hmm. And also data or customer intelligence software or analytics or databases. For example, Apollo or data.com I've seen they've used. So it depends, like that's the interesting thing about B2B that you have like a lot of people involved in the same problem, but everyone sees it differently and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tackles the problem in a different way. So even in, if with the tools they use, like they use different tools for tackling like almost the same problem at the end. Mm. So it's a broad tool landscape. Wow. Yeah. Um, so um, maybe it doesn't make so much sense to follow all those people who follow those tools uh, because they might have different reasons for using the tools. It's not always a founder who is trying to sell to B2B who uses such tools. There are many more uh, other people who use those tools, but it might be a, a starting point. Um, let's dive a little bit more into the job that, these, uh, that, that the members of your audience um, need to get done. Um, you say they are not directly involved into the sales process. They are doing something else. What is the main job that, that you think you will be able to help them with? For founders, I think that the main job for them, like I'm thinking about a founder that's in a growth stage mm -hmm. that has, for example, um, between 10 and 20 people uh, in charge in their teams. 
I'm thinking like they are seeing how to scale mm -hmm. and in sales, like how to get more with the resources they have. For example, I was, um, I was reading about a guy that was asking uh, how to, how to like get more out of their demos so for example uh, they they have like very few people that has to do have to do a lot of demos so ah, mm -hmm. it that they need to like up they're in the process of optimizing their tools and their resources so for example, in that case, one of the solutions they recommended, uh, the, the community recommended for him was that he needed to qualify better their leads. So yeah. he mm -hmm. was already getting a lot of leads, but they were not all qualified. So he did a lot of uh, sales call that ended in nothing okay, because yeah. they're not, <laughs> they were not the like the target um, customer or prospect they were looking for, or it wasn't warm enough, or mm -hmm. it didn't mm -hmm. have like the attributes they were looking for. So I think mainly the, the main job they want to do, they want to achieve is to scale, scale their res resources and their processes. Mm, okay. I don't know if it makes sense. So getting more systematic, for example, uh, inventing systems uh, for those processes that are repeatable. Uh, for example, sometimes I sit down and say, okay, what do I do in the morning when I open my email system? Okay, I need to have a quick overview, then I get the, the main emails that I need to answer, throw away the rest, and so on. And after a while, I said, hey, let's write this down. Uh, because every morning I ask myself the same question, how do I deal with all these emails? Um, and so I made different lists, the main inbox, I've moved the important stuff to another folder that I'm going afterwards, uh, going through afterwards, and so on. So I, I wrote all this down and created a kind of system. And, and so every morning now I can pull out those systems. Would this be something that such a founder would be doing in, um, when scaling, um, defining processes, defining systems for the for their people? Yeah, I think in in the founders lens, what they trying to achieve is uh, to make more strategic decisions. And mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, in processes or systems that can impact more what everyone does. And that's why I think founders use so much of these productivity tools, because mm -hmm. it lets mm -hmm. them achieve this, instead of just like, being on the day-to-day -day tasks you know and also i think that uh founders also need to sorry <laughs> i got lost a little bit could you repeat the <laughs> never question, mind please? um would the would the uh, founder work on systems for for their people to become more efficient to to make it easier to scale because if you want to scale, um, chaos might come, might come in and a system would prevent the chaos. Yeah, so 
Exactly. What they are doing is they're trying like to fight back with the chaos. Like in this scale, I've seen they have so much going on. Mm -hmm. Like they had to like sit down, prioritize, see what's important, see what's not important. Like they will get a lot of these emails, as you said, they will have like a lot of proposals, but they won't see the, the results. Like mm -hmm. there's not a direct correlation between what they are doing and the amount of new customers they are receiving so they know or eventually they know that they have to be more strategic about what they are doing so mm -hmm. um, establishing processes for that and, and prioritizing and setting the right goals in this like in this stage is super important for them to scale in this part mm -hmm. Ah, these are some positive factors that could influence the situation. You just mentioned, for example, more uh, a more strategic view, uh, taking a more strategic approach, uh, yes. setting goals, for example. Yeah, this yeah. sounds like like things that, um, where you can where can you can help them right for example if you help them to focus i don't know how how, how you want to do this but if you help them to focus for example or to to uh, get a good strategy or to get uh, to transform the strategy into tactics with with day-to-day -day operations uh, this could help them very much i think uh, are there any approaches where where you already think about how can i solve this how can i help them yes i mean the solution i don't know i always start thinking about solutions as i do my research yeah. that might be a problem sometimes because i already went to start building something and i've made that mistake in the past like building too early yeah and me too because <laughs> you end Same up thing. doing something that nobody wants yeah. at the end All right. you know <laughs> I did that four or five times at least. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot. So I, I don't want to make the same mistake again. So there's a lot like at this stage, these founders, at least they have like a lot of problems and mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. find them in a lot of ways. Uh, for example, lately as a freelancer, I've been able to work with a couple of early stage founders. Uh, that with like uh, a strategic like planning, for example, mm -hmm. about um, how or what other income streams they could integrate into their business plan or their, into their businesses. For example, I don't know, there were some guys that were considering just going to um they wanted to um do content just for consumers but they were also searching like talking with some people to do some strategic partnerships so mm -hmm. i told them why are not we you could create content for them too you should like establish this as a formal 
income stream, a formal customer. He could be, you could have institutional uh, customers or make partnerships, you know? Mm-hmm. So they could be doing that. And so I, I've already, like in a consulting way, mm-hmm. I've been able to help them. And also I think that with the content I'm already making on Twitter, like I do like with lately in the last week, the last threads have been me researching Uh, real life examples of cases where with different problems around B2B sales Mm -hmm. uh, that how founders have solved these issues and recommendations from real life examples. So maybe those two things have tackled that problem. So now what I'm doing is solving their problems in this way, like with tips, recommendations, advice, or consulting but i don't know how scalable that is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that makes sense yeah so in your in your consulting uh job you learned about them you you talked to them you have seen their problems what's going on and now with your further research um you can have the the approach that you give tips how to Uh, solve these situations. I think it might be possible if you have seen enough of those. Um, For example, if you have seen 10 or 20 founders who have had these problems, um, and if you already help them in a a freelance and consultant uh, kind of way, you can then think about more like uh, automation, for example, can I automate this? Uh, Can I create courses or video lessons or what what can i create that doesn't require my time anymore um yeah the main idea i think is um when when you get uh more of an audience uh, you you don't want to spend more time right yeah totally yeah um so what could be some some good ways for example to uh to create something that scales for for you uh, to to be able to help more people like that, you know, more founders like this. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is um, some type of uh, for selling info products. Like always, content is the first thing that I would do to scale myself and yeah. my advice. As as you were talking about, like. You can do courses, lessons, or maybe a guide, a resource list. Like there are infinite like ways on with info products on how you can help these founders with content. So that's what I would do with what I've um, I've learned with them so far. And so what I'm trying to do now is like make these little MVPs of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. content for them uh for them to use and also at the same time seeing what sticks so i won't end up like creating a whole course about something that no one wants or that won't help no that help no one for example (laughs) so it's like now what i'm trying to do and what i think that would be useful for them would be creating this content that they can use with real life examples or use cases and also from 
experts on certain subjects that could help them guide their journey towards scaling their B2B SaaS business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the advantage of this strategy, I, I think it's a good one. The advantage is that you can start small like you do yes. today with tweet uh, a thread, Twitter threads, then you can go to little essays, then to blog posts, uh, then to more content like uh, little white papers or, or courses or whatever. So you can try to see what works. And if something fails, you can analyze uh, without spending too much time into a big book, for example, Not, don't write a, a one year book first, and then maybe it could fail. So it's, um, it's really a good strategy that you're taking there. I'm yes. considering something similar for myself. I, I subscribe to the uh, ship 30 for 30 um, oh, writing okay. challenge in, in, uh, in January, there's a big writers community who is meeting uh, and they um, want to challenge themselves uh, to write one essay every day. So it's, wow, I, I don't know how, how this will work, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, to get exciting. into this writing habit, right? Uh, I'm always scared about the blank page. Um, when I finish a blog post, I think it wasn't so hard. So why were you so scared about this blank page? And they say, no, don't have a blank page, simply create five headlines and then start filling them. So um, they have a lot of, lot of little tricks and, and um, best practices. So I'm very much looking forward to do that. Awesome. And that's exactly what they said. They, uh, they said, start small, start writing 250 words um, and try whether those 250 words already work and if they work then write a thousand words and if those work then write something bigger so it, right. this this could be a good strategy yes um getting back so. to your audience um when you describe this founder um could you uh, put the knowledge that you have into some categories like uh, for example uh, goals aspirations challenges and needs if you take these four categories um, and you put your knowledge into that for example what are the goals of that uh, founder persona um the goals for them would be to escalate their business so they're trying to achieve more growth mm -hmm. through getting more um B2B customers for mm -hmm. their, their business. Okay, scaling, I think that would growing. be the main goal. Mm -hmm. um, and why, did, why would they want to do that? What's their dream? What's their aspiration? So their aspiration might be they want to, I don't know, get, get their business to the next level and also maybe find because there's he, he is many times they are clear on what their target customer is but at other times they usually in this stage as they are trying new things to scale uh 
they are trying to get also new target audiences. So a secondary need there or what they're trying to achieve there might be also uh, what other types of uh, audiences or prospects or target audiences are we not considering that we can consider now or the other challenge for them is, for example, uh, to get a really well-defined ideal customer profile for their target customer, which one would they be? So they are trying mm -hmm. to tweak the different assumptions they have about their uh, target customers to make their efforts more efficient so they're not ending with this like uh huge mountain of leads that leads them nowhere mm -hmm. you know so maybe those are their needs now and their aspirations like personal aspirations for example yes mm. So what what feeling do they want to have after they they scaled? What what does it make them feel? I think they want to feel accomplished. They want to feel safe. Also, that they maybe they are they feel like they don't know what they're doing. They're feeling insecure about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how to if they are able to get the company to grow with them mm -hmm. so maybe they're trying to find that security and in themselves or they're reaching someone else to find like that security that confidence in themselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a team where in which they can support themselves to achieve their goal of scaling uh, mm -hmm, their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm asking for this for the feeling side of things because this can be uh, totally important in the messaging in your in your marketing for your yes. business. Um, what what does it make them feel safe, secure, confident? These are powerful words. Um, you can use them in your marketing to uh, to have. Um, things like um, uh, grow your business to to be safe and secure grow your business to become the person you want to be right you become you want to become the, the the business you want to be um, all these these uh, soothing um, statements to make them feel really really good um, yeah this is an important thing not only their goals like scaling growth new audiences Uh, or like like challenges, um, focusing on on a clear target customer, but also making them feel good. That's also a, a big a big portion of marketing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nice. Found a persona like that, with his with their goals, with their aspirations, with their challenges. Um, oh, by the way, this this he or she thing. Um, do you think uh, that uh, founders are more men or more women, or what is the, the the group that you are targeting? At least, almost all of them, almost all the people I talk with or that I encountered uh, are men. Okay. Actually, I <laughs> I haven't. 
sat down and think about it actually but yeah most of them are men oh interesting yeah Yes. Um, I'm trying to, for, for my podcast here, I'm trying to get a mixture of men and women. For example, recently I met with, um, with uh, Nesha Mutuku from, um, from America. Um, and she, she was such a, a, a fabulous person. So if you listen to that episode, you, you will get a sense of what I mean. She's so enthusiastic about her business. Uh, she built something about um, a personal finance, uh, right? The people have difficulties keeping their budget. Uh, uh, safe and so for example she she's uh, making an app uh, when you have that on your phone and you walk into Starbucks you get a message like hey you're at Starbucks you can spend $15 here or if you walk into Gucci the, right. the app says hey you walk into a luxury store uh, don't overspend uh, you're in danger to spending more <laughs> and so on so it's a nice thing that they are uh, trying to do and so it, it would also be an interesting question to um, how can you create a mixture of men and women to to learn both sides right uh, women founders for example how do they think men founders how do they think um, so this could also be an interesting uh, topic to study yeah totally i will consider it and maybe through there's a lot of um institutions that back up women founders mm -hmm. that are doing great jobs and also with underrepresented communities mm -hmm. so yes i think that maybe um partnering with them or uh trying to reach out to them uh, would be a really great idea to get a sense of the diversity also in this um goals and their needs and their mm -hmm. challenges too yeah I, I can totally imagine that a woman uh, thinks differently i i can't imagine how she thinks because i'm a man but um i i have experienced that they have a different view on things and that's really interesting view sometimes much more practical much more pragmatic much more uh, disciplined than men it's it's um, amazing um, so um, study different people to find out. Yeah, that's yes, nice. Totally. So let's summarize for a moment. You you help founders who sell to B two B companies. You want to yes. help them scale. SaaS founders, yeah. SaaS founders, right? Yeah. So they have ten to twenty people in their team. They are already on the way. It's not that they are starting out, but they are they are already somewhat on the way. Yes. Um, and they're asking themselves, how can I do more with what I have now? How can I organize myself and my business? Uh, how can I organize my people better? Uh, for example, how we can we focus on more targeted leads, better leads to, to have the demos and the sales conversations more successful? Yes. Um, I found I already uh, I also found this uh, other point interesting where you said there's no real correlation between or they don't feel a correlation between what they do and the success they have. This could be a really, really interesting and deep point where you can help them because that's a thing I totally resonate with. Sometimes when the day is over, I think, what did I do today? 
Did I move anything? Did I do anything that makes sense? Or did I just fiddle around and, and keeping my ship afloat? Um, so it's it's a, such a big point, especially for men. Um, they they always asking themselves, am I successful? Am I um, achieving something? And you, you said in the other point, they want, uh, in the, uh, under the aspiration category, you said you, they want to feel accomplished, right? They want to accomplish something. And that's a big thing for a man, at least. Um, so this could be a real big thing where can, you can help them to, to feel this sense of accomplishment or, or sense making or um, achieving goals, uh, doing something that makes sense, that has sense. This is always, always a big thing. So if you can help them with uh, like, what was your day like? Oh, lots of chaos. I did a lot of stuff. Oh, which categories did this have? Ah, yeah, I talked to customers. I uh, made some content. I talked to my people what to do. And I made some planning for, for the next quarter. Ah, okay, yeah, so you did do things that make sense. Um, and then guide them slowly to, uh, to feel more um, about sense in their work. It, it would be because uh, startup life is really chaotic. It's uh, uh, founders that have a chaotic environment, as you will know. Yes, yes, totally makes sense. Yeah. So correlation between what they do and the number of customers they have, this would be interesting thing. Solutions could be a strategic uh, goal setting. Yeah, uh, working on strategies, systems, processes for them, uh, selling little courses, for example, how to achieve more um, focused leads, yeah, how to get more focused leads or lo lots of these tiny little um, um, topics. And then maybe also a um, cohort based course. I recently saw uh, Kevan Chung uh, from uh, Hong Kong do uh, something like that. I, I think he was from Hong Kong. I'm not sure. Um, he he also um, started out at the beginning, I think a year ago, uh, with Twitter threads. He simply published threads and afterwards he published little essays and then he published complete blog posts and a course on, on building in public. And now he's giving a cohort based course over several weeks where, where he gathers a cohort of people uh, around him and they uh, are trying to get into building in public. So it, it was a quite natural development, I think, from the tiniest beginnings uh, to more bigger and bigger things. So this, this is a good strategy. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm trying to achieve, like building upon things like what is the smallest version of a of, uh, thing I can do to help them. So yeah. and also see where they hang out. So that's Twitter and Twitter and tweets or Twitter threads. Yeah. So and then okay, so this is ticking. What else can I do? What can I do a blog post? Okay. Can I do a video series? Okay. Then uh, okay, this is like working out. So I might do a course on this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like exactly. that. Yeah. Yes, makes sense totally. You're right. Cool. So I think we covered some ground, right? Um, yes. Thank you very much for coming today and, and exposing yourself. It's, it, it requires some courage, right? To talk about so openly about what you do and what your challenges are. I admire that. 
No, thank you for having me and for inviting me. You helped a lot with the questions and there were a lot of eye-opening questions that if I haven't said them or if you haven't asked them, I, I, I did surprise myself with some of the, the answers I gave you. So it's really been eye-opening for me, this session. So That's thanks. such a great thing, thing really to helpful. hear. So awesome. Thank you, Paulina, for being here. And I wish you much, much success with your business. Thank you so much. See you too. Thanks for listening to the Audience Explorer podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at GetTheAudience and you can check out the blog at GetTheAudience.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out to me on Twitter or send an email to Matthias at GetTheAudience.com. If you want to support this podcast, please leave a rating in your favorite podcast player app. This will help other founders or creators to find this podcast about developing an audience for their product or service. Thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.